So yeah, we're gonna see some stuff. Pink oh princess God. crown. That's a teddy bear. <laughs> I've seen you on camera already, don't forget. Yeah, we were just talking with the guys. Like the, the scary one was the live stuff with the BBC. That was scary. Scary? Yeah, it was scary. I was, I was nervous before that one. You yeah. go 1,200 miles offshore yeah, on a easy. boat. No, that's easy. And, and you're saying that it's scary to sit and talk in front of a camera. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's why I have my job and you have yours. <laughs> I actually like this a lot because you and I have never really talked. That is true. So this yeah. is like a first date yeah. almost, yeah. not a date, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. A, we're rolling. Okay, well, as I was saying, for me being the host of this podcast now for over 40 some episodes, it's very fun for me because I get to sit with people that I know that I actually travel with a lot. But in this case, I get to sit and, and really get to know somebody that you and I have never really talked, I don't think, before this, maybe crossed in true. the hallways or yeah. whatever, but we're Over doing, lunch. Yeah, yeah, but we're living completely different lives really yeah. within this organization. So I'm sitting here with Greta Ernst and I will, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, but I think some of the topics that we can talk about, we both have experienced, which I think is gonna be kind of fun for us to get to dive into this world of offshore living and what you guys are doing on the ocean side of things. So yeah, introduce yourself for us. I am part of the Oceans team. I'm a project engineer in the Oceans team. And uh, this year uh, I just got a new title, which is the Senior Offshore Representative. So I already joined uh, three of our trips last year and uh, as a project field engineer uh, in a field engineer position. And this year I will be the lead uh, representative of the ocean cleanup on board of our vessels. So that will be my very exciting position uh, for this year. So senior offshore representative. representative. Yeah. And that comes with uh, sort of a badge, as you said, of being offshore a, a number of times how you must love this right? i do i do so i i am a naval architect so my profession is ships so i'm i'm a total ship nerd obviously so i just love being on the ships and you know see how they work and how how like all the operation uh, takes place and the other thing is like most of our colleagues here at the ocean cleanup they experience our mission very much like our followers they see the pictures, they see the videos, and they, they listen to our stories when we come back. And I have a, a front row seat. I'm there when the plastic gets out of the water and like dumps on the deck and I can hear it and I can smell it, I can touch it. And I work like shoulder to shoulder with the people that are actually getting the plastic out of the ocean. So I feel super privileged to, to get the chance to do this. And yes, you are right, I, I absolutely love it. It's um, it's a small group of people and you're kind of trapped, trapped on that boat uh, for a long time. And um, it's just a very uh, nice way of work. It's very close, yet very close, very quickly on its like confined space uh, on the boat. And it's a very nice way of working. It's very inspiring. We have so good people like on the boat. Um, so 
yeah, yeah, I love it. And that's that's why I want to go again and again. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I too, I spent I did two trips back to back going out there. And the thing that fascinated me the most is the buildup leading to it for me that I'm not a naval architect. I yeah. have no marine background at all other than fishing boats and going fishing with my brothers and friends and whatever. And I love the water. I yeah. don't get seasick. But there was this bit of nervousness as it was building up to like getting closer mm. when the realization sets in that you're going to be leaving land and you're going six days 1200 1300 miles offshore away from the closest anything yeah and you're going to be out there for however many weeks and like you said you 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 some people take that sort of trapped feeling or that fear mm. but what i found myself was that I absolutely loved the structure and yes. I loved the no commute. Yep. I loved the breakfast yep. is at this time, lunch is at this time, dinner is at this time. Yep. And it's the highlight of the day, like obviously. Of course. <laughs> and you're you're out there with people from all over the world, yep. all experiencing the exact same thing that you're experiencing. Yep. And you kind of become this family. This unit. Yeah, yes. this yes. unit. And yes. you're out there and it's like when there's time you find yourself on a Saturday afternoon where not much is happening and mm. you're sitting up on the bridge and you're talking to some guys from Poland and learning about what they do or yeah. you're talking to a bunch of guys from Denmark or England or wherever and, yeah. and you realize that it, yeah you're not sitting in a pub or whatever but you're getting the same energy and you're learning yeah. and, and it's kind of a yeah, it boosts what you're doing out yep. there even more. Yep. And then the same thing, you come back and you're trying to explain this to people who, unless you have experienced yep. it, it's very difficult to comprehend. Well, but, but what were you doing for six weeks? You're on this boat. I get this question so many times, like, what are you doing all day? Yeah. And it's hard to explain. Um, but you are busy yeah. every single day. Yeah. <laughs> no weekends. Yeah. Uh, you are busy. Um, but you are right. It's a very structured day. It's a very clear, defined work scope that we have. So you always have a plan for the day and usually something else is happening because we are still at the early stage of our system and we are working in the environment and always something happens during the day that you didn't plan for. Um, and, then, and then it gets uh, a bit more hectic or exciting because then the like the, the the troubleshooting the firefighting comes into place and you have to um work with the team on quick solutions and um i also love that part very much um really like solving problems on the spot you see it you analyze it and you have to fix it because you cannot go back to port and you know give it to someone else to fix it right yeah. and yeah. you cannot run up to your local hardware store and buy this yes. if you need it or this yeah. or whatever and yeah. so you find some of these guys i remember the on the spot thinking and and the using the resources to fix things at the yeah. time i was out there we were dealing a lot with the camera skiff and what was happening with this and yeah. i remember sitting there watching these guys welding this thing this uh sort of brace to keep it from turning over and making it in and and i'm watching this and i'm like they have all yeah. of this shit right there yeah on this boat they yeah. have a hardware store yeah. on the boat it's a but this is something that impresses me a lot every single time and i think it doesn't get enough credit is the preparation that mm -hmm. goes into each and every trip and the port calls we have and the logistics and like the complexity and you you have to get chocolate and you have 
bolts and you have helmets and you know and netting and it's like so many things that have to be on the vessel mm -hmm. so that we can go out for another seven weeks as it is this year another seven weeks and um as soon as you sail out you you are in this bubble i always describe it as a bubble with your crew on your boat um and it's almost a different planet like you're so detached uh from from the rest of the world of course we read news and stuff but it's just it's so far away from like your daily concerns and your work um and it's i enjoy that a lot so for me actually the challenging part is coming back mm. uh, because it's it's a bit funny maybe but um every time you come back you realize that the rest of the world also moved on seven weeks yep yep <laughs> they didn't wait for you right and that is a funny feeling it's like how can how can everyone else yep move on <laughs> yeah uh, so that is i find that challenging actually coming yeah. back yeah Re reverse culture shock almost yeah. and and you're right because for those six or seven weeks that you're out there your entire world revolves around the 40 yeah. plus other people that are on both of these vessels yeah. and so the communication the the target the goals what you're doing is all revolving around the same yeah. people and everybody's literally all in for yeah. this yeah going forward now with where we are because we've learned so much as you're already saying and and we have come so far in doing this since well we've been going offshore now since 2018 mm. really but real realistically the way that we've been doing it since the summer of 2021 it's been fairly consistent but we're still growing we're still learning we're still evolving yeah and we're about to do that again. You're getting ready to go offshore again in a few short days. Yeah. What is the difference now compared to the last time that yeah. you went offshore? So I would say to the, let's say, untrained eye, it looks like it's exactly the same as last year. Um, but we changed a lot over the winter time. We had the winter month to um, look at our lessons learned uh, to implement stuff um, to uh, do small design changes we didn't go crazy we didn't change a lot because this year we really want to focus on um, efficient operations so we didn't we don't introduce um, fancy new equipment we, we we are pretty happy with with what we had end of the year but um, they are different parts that obviously needed improvement. Um, the system itself, um, we saw a lot of fatigue on the system. Uh, so when the system is in the water, it's just constantly moving and uh, it causes a lot of like wear and tear on different components of the system. Um, so we, we were uh, seeing damages like this during the year. So um, components have been reinforced now. Um, we are choosing different materials for different components. So these are changes that you don't see, um, but we have implemented them over the winter. So we hope that the system itself will be healthier this year. The other thing is um, the operation itself. So we, we have done everything now a couple of times. So we have a kind of routine in all the processes we have on the boats, on the vessels. So now we can we can start optimizing. So we can look at each 
step and each workflow and we can see um, can we maybe do it a bit more efficiently like the sorting of the plastic on deck for example is there a way to make this more efficient and this is one of the focuses to really try to squeeze every every hour every minute out of out of the time that we have offshore to catch as much plastic as we can and the other very big thing is um, our routing in the patch um, so we learned uh, that the plastic is not evenly distributed in the patch you have areas with uh, high plastic density and you have areas with low de plastic density and of course to catch plastic most efficiently we want to be in the spots with the highest plastic density so our computational modelists um, have uh, come up with models uh, for the sea surface currents because the plastic is mainly like the movements of the plastic is mainly driven by sea surface currents um, so they come up with tools we are using um, to plan the routes of our vessels in the patch um, and uh, yeah so this is one thing that we put really top top of the list uh, for this year to get better in in uh, where we are in the patch it sounds so easy but it's one of the biggest challenges actually yeah but i love how you put that because i know that one of the most important things for us is scaling up yeah and if we were if we were where we were two years ago and we caught the first batches of plastic out there and we were like sort of cocky with it and mm. we said oh we caught plastic let's go make 20 more of these things yep. what we have still learned things since then that then would have happened you know 20 times more so it really has been about focusing on fixing all of these little things strengthening the system like you said finding better ways to target where the plastic is and then scale up yeah I think that is a very wise choice, to be honest, um, because it's um, it's hard enough to to fix all these things with one system and right. two vessels and 40 people involved. Um, and I really think we should um, be at a very mature state in our operation before we start scaling up, uh, because then it's getting more and more people and you have to have all the processes in place and all the, the paperwork, the boring paperwork uh, in place to give it to the next crew and say this is what we want to do there you go <laughs> but that word boring is a great word mm. because if we can get all of this to a place where it gets boring yep then all we are is a machine that's going out filling up coming back going out filling up and and even yep. tr trying to figure out how to make that more efficient yep. right yeah but getting it to the point of where it's so routine that the ocean cleanup is going to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and taking away plastic yeah. that it's almost boring. But I think that is part of the the, the scaling up uh, uh, thing. It's becoming maybe less creative yeah. because we have a system in the water that is catching plastic and now we have to mature and we have to get it to a industrial level or a m professional level um, so that we can uh, that we have everything in place to give it to a new crew and they know exactly what we are asking and how to operate the system. And this is yeah, what we are doing right now. And uh, we've done a lot of work over the winter. And what we will do this year during the trips is every time we do something like cross-checking with the procedure, with the document to see 
is everything that we've written down, is that actually what we are doing? So someone who's seeing it for the first time, would they understand what we do and how we do it? Right. Oh. And what's the vibe been like in the ocean team? I mean, because again, there have been slight changes, mm -hmm. but here we are, we're getting ready to go back mm. out there again. So there's yeah. got to be an energy shift again is like, you know, almost like a team going out to the field again after sort of a little break. Yeah, we all we have this like joke in the oceans team. Everyone is talking about the winter break, about the idle period. No, no, no. It's almost the busiest period um, because um, we want to be better in spring. So we really want to take all the data, all the learnings from the previous year and get as much improvements as possible, like in the system, in the operation to be better in spring. And so it was super busy. And of course, the, the closer uh, the trip comes, um, everyone is running. Um, but um, we just had a meeting earlier today and we all feel um, that we've come a long way. We feel that we are way better prepared and on a way higher, like professional level with our preparations for the next trip than we have been um, one year ago. So I think we learned a lot and um, everyone is uh, exhausted, but also we think um, the outcome, the outcome is really, really good. But again, I think that comes with experience. Uh, you're going on how many trips you've been out there? Three already, going on four. I know people are going on six. We've had people that have been out there a year of their life. Yeah. You, it's incredible because when you're doing something and you're doing it that many times, no matter how large it is, six weeks, uh, chunks of your life that you're dedicating, you're, you're committing all of your energy, all of your brain power to making something better. Yep. When you're out there, is this the feeling that you have? It's different for like when, when I was out there mm -hmm. or if we go out there for, for to document it, we're documenting a story, but we're not, my brain isn't sitting there thinking of how can we fix the retention zone or yeah. how can we strengthen the fenders or, yeah. or whatever. It's literally just documenting what is happening. I yeah. have to imagine for you being out there or other people that spend a lot of time out there, you must be itching to get back out there and see some of these changes. It's so rewarding to see the stuff in the water that you worked on like during the winter time um, and to, s to check the improvements and um, yeah, to get the feedback either way. Um, if we if we improved um, or maybe we have to learn more or the changes that we that we now implemented are, are not having the result that we are uh, looking for. But um, yeah, so I have all the changes, all the all the uh, improvements in my head. And of course, I'm very curious to see it in the water um, and uh, to get the feedback from from the system itself um, if we if we have done a good job um, and of course yeah that's that's the engineering brain uh, that I have uh, constantly um, observing analyzing and trying to find solutions um, yeah I, I want to talk a little bit about this engineering brain tell me how you ended up in this role how did you end up you, there must be I have oftentimes where I'm sitting on a boat somewhere dirty river uh, harbor, 
middle of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and I look around and I think, how the hell did I end up here? <laughs> because I don't have an engineering yeah. brain. Like my, it, it, you know, so there's this pathway that all of these hoops that had to be jumped through and zigzags and puzzle pieces and all of this that made it to that moment where I'm sitting there on a boat looking around yeah. asking myself this question. Yeah. How did this, what was this map like for you? Um, apparently from a very young age when like I cannot even remember it but my parents tell me that I was always attracted by water like even as a small kid like every puddle every every little stream like I was just I had to get there and I have to put my little fingers in it so water was always a thing for me and um, then also uh, boats I was always fascinated by boats. Um, I always told my parents, like, one day I will have a little fishing boat and I will go out. And that was my, my dream. So, and then I, I started sailing. Like, that was maybe a logical, <laughs> a logical step. Uh, so I love sailing and I love to be uh, on the boat. And uh, um, I love the combination of the, the sport and the physical activity on the boat plus the physics like how does it work like why does it sail in that direction so that's that's the what I love about about sailing um, and then when it came to like choosing a profession I was I was in between becoming a boat builder like really like craftsmanship building boats from hmm. from wood or the like academic career um, to become an engineer and um, and where was all this happening? In uh, Berlin, in Germany. Okay. Yeah, where I grew up. Yeah. Not a lot of water around there. There is. Well, lakes. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No ocean, yeah. but lakes. Yeah. There is actually a lot of uh, good sailing spots in yeah, Berlin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to go for in uh, the engineering, like naval architecture studies. Uh, well, but that's maybe for everyone who starts uh, studying. It was very dry like the first two years and I was like questioning where's where's the creative part uh, about it um, but now that I finished my studies and working as an engineer I know that engineering is very much a creative work um, yeah so you have to find solutions so this all this um, putting puzzle pieces together and all of this I just I just love it um, so very soon into my studies I realized that this is just uh, the perfect choice for me and um, yeah then I started working in the marine industry and being on shipyards and being on vessels and welding and engines and hydraulics and um, yeah I just love it but did you ever think that it you would be able to make such a difference with it I mean there's one thing thinking about yeah I want to be on boats I like water I like yeah. this but yeah. obviously we as a species have created a hell of a problem yeah and nobody knows the answer to solve this problem yeah. But we're starting to delve into this and you get to use your talent. Yeah, but this was exactly what I was looking for. So I was um, I wasn't in my job and I had a feeling like I needed you need a change. Uh, I was doing this for a couple of years and I wanted to do something new. Um, and I just had this feeling that I want to yeah, make it different to do something that matters. So I was I was thinking about why where can I use my my education and my work experience to 
do something good. It sounds a bit pathetic, but no, like it's, to, it's, yeah. it's, no, no, it's perfect. <laughs> it doesn't need to be more complicated yeah, than that. Yeah, um, to um, yeah to um, contribute to the problems that we are obviously facing, and then I don't know. I just I I knew about the ocean cleanup for years. I was following them like in the media, and then just I don't know. One fine day, it suddenly just came. Wait a minute. Like, let's just check if they maybe have a job opening, uh, and they did. So I applied for a for an engineering position in the oceans team, and uh, here I am. Yeah. So then I have to take you back to the moment that you're standing on the back of one of the those vessels that are out there, and this massive retention zone mm. is being lifted up, full of trash, and then it empties. Yeah. Take me through your emotions during that time. It's very mixed emotions. On one hand, you are super excited because this is your work out there. Like this is why you are out there. You want to catch as much plastic as you want. And you hear the noise when it's like crashing and when it's coming over the, the stern of the vessel and the plastic gets compressed in the in the net, you hear this cracking sound and you th you smell it for the first time. That's all something you cannot you cannot uh, show to anyone else that is not there. But it, the smell is is yeah, special. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you are super excited because you see the kind of the results of your work. And then when you step back a minute, you say, but it shouldn't be here. Like, mm -hmm. why is there so much plastic here? Why do we have to do this? Um, so it's kind of these two two hearts beating in your chest. Um, the excitement that your work is successful and the sadness that we have to do what we are doing. And y'all show it in the greatest way possible. That's the thing that I love the most about the ocean cleanup is sitting on the back of a boat like that or sitting on an interceptor and looking in the eyeballs of the engineers, the operators, the when when they're when it's successful, when mm. you're watching this and the emotion that just pours out, it's like it, it, uncontrollable. Like yeah. I've seen this with I won't name names, but I've seen this with a couple of the guys that I've been yeah. out there with in, in the past yeah. and and that it's contagious because then all of a sudden I'm sitting there and it's so emotional and yeah. it's so the noise, the smell, like you said, it all mixes together. And in my head, as a storyteller, I'm putting together this entire story of this person's life, of how he or she ended up at this moment and the overwhelming feelings that must be coming to the surface for yeah. the human that is now involved with helping this problem. Yeah, I had so many very nice, inspiring conversations with the crew on board. Because there is a lot of, like, that's just the nature of it. There's a lot of complaining. And why are you doing like like this? And wouldn't it be better to do it like this? And why don't you, like, will you ever listen to what we are saying and suggesting? And you have a lot of, like, these conversations. And then you have the quiet conversations, like in the, watching the sunset uh, on the bridge wing, where they tell you, um, you know, why we are saying all of this and why we are complaining all the time and why we are pushing you all the time is because we care. We want you to be successful with your mission. And that's why we are pushing you all the time. And that these were like the best moments ever. And since I since I know that, um, I can uh, yeah, I can handle all the other situations so much better 
because of course we want to have their ideas and their their experience like they're fishermen and they're working on on anchor handling boats and of course i want to to know their their ideas and if it's a bit rough you know and maybe the tone is a bit yeah like why are you doing stupid things like this um now i know where they are coming from and i'm so glad that they kind of opened up like this in like quiet moments um I can put everything in perspective and that that was really really nice yeah Yeah. no i agree i remember having conversations with both captains that i was on on the trips with and and not only like you said the suggestions that you would hear or why have they thought this or but it's also because of the experience of what they've seen and what they're seeing all over the world where it's not just these guys are not just going to the great pacific garbage patch and that's it they've been doing this some of them been doing this for 35 40 50 years and they've been in places that are worse than where we're going or they see things and they're like they need this solution because like you said a lot of them are like you grew up around the water yep. grew up fishing grew up and are still doing this and have kids now or yep. or in some cases grandkids yeah and they are like we want a better body of water yep. for our yep. next generations yep. to grow up in i remember one situation that was we were just all you know smiling for half an hour on the bridge we were like a um a gas carrier was passing by on the horizon and they contacted us uh, over the radio and they were telling us um you're doing a good job and we just want to tell you that like we all of you we all follow you on instagram and we just want to thank you for the work that you are doing and we were all overwhelmed like that was that was almost too much to 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 handle um that was so nice um yeah so we were all quietly smiling for a bit yeah it gives you so much hope yeah when you hear that because i think the thing that we have to remember is that there's no corporation or company or partner that we're going to deal with any longer that has people that work for them that would ever argue with the fact that this problem is real it doesn't matter who you work for Mm. and and that's what i found in conversations i've had on the riverside with coca-cola is I'm talking to people my age. I'm talking to people that are also fishermen. I'm talking to people that also live on boats. And the the conversation turns into, it's not about like, how do we protect this red and white bottle as a brand? It's, we don't want this either. We yep. want to help. We want to get this out. We don't want this. We don't want our, our bottles in your rivers. Yep. We want to do what we can do to help solve this problem. And I think that that comes a lot with this generation yeah i think you and i are probably i'm much older than you i think but the generation prior i always i'm not pointing fingers but i look at how things have gone generationally yeah and i like to think that the generation that i'm a part of is that you started the movement but we started the movement and and for that Oh, yeah, that yeah. makes me proud because I think of the generations that are coming, the, the my nephews and my niece, and they're going to be run by the people that are like, look, we're this. We made it. We had a problem. We fixed it. Let's move on to the next yeah. problem. We still have hope. I um, I'm always surprised, um, like wherever I always like stopped telling people what I do for a living um, because it just sparks these evening long discussions and whenever people hear um what i'm doing or i think that's probably 
for all of us uh, uh, working here. And everyone is just so curious and they want to know all the details and they find like, this is so cool and this is so interesting and I can't believe that this is what you do for a living. And um, so the awareness of the problem and also the, the um, yeah, and then it gives hope. Like that's said, like, this is, it's so good to know that like finally someone starts doing something about it. Um, so yes, I have a lot of these of these uh, discussions with family, with friends, and um, people. <laughs> well, this is almost ridiculous. People come to me and say, "You know what? I don't I don't buy water in, in plastic bottles anymore." Like since I know what you do for a living, and I said, "Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to be the." environment's advocate you know <laughs> that's a bit too much but if like this is also part of the movement yeah. to just um raise awareness and like step by step um change everyone's minds and um yeah but we do still have a long road ahead. oh yeah and in your opinion looking at the long road are we are we in the right direction are we going in the right direction where do we need to where do we need help? Um, cleaning the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a very big job. And um, the time frame we set ourselves is super ambitious. So one thing is the, the technical operational side. Can we operate? 10 systems at the same time. The funding part, of course, uh, can we finance 10 systems at the same time? But the other part is, um, well, we had this publication last year, like the most of the of the plastic we take out of the Pacific is fishing gear. So, yeah, regulating fishery or getting funding for fishery maybe, I don't want to cross any boundaries here but this is something like the ocean cleanup as an organization we cannot do anything about it we can we can raise awareness right. and we can show our results and we can say see a lot of this stuff is is coming from boats actually i don't know if it's only fishery it's 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 vessels that are out there and unless something changes in that direction that less plastic gets lost or gets dumped into the ocean uh, the better yeah so all the more reason why something like the plastic treaty oh yeah is very important to the future of what we're doing as an organization right yeah yeah this year feels it feels like this is the year where we have to prove to the world that we can do this on a on a big scale because this treaty is coming up and um, we want to sell, we want to sell our services to, uh, to governments, to countries that want to uh, contribute in, in cleaning the oceans. Um, so we have to do a good job. And uh, we are still very early in the development of the system. We come a very long way, but we are far from being finished and having the, a finished solution. Um, so we are still learning very much. And this together with the knowledge that we have to deliver this year, it's adding pressure. So that is, yeah, I think in, like from my position, it, I cannot even like 
fathom the the importance of this. Um, I hear um, our colleagues talking about it and telling us how important is this is and how a breakthrough it is um, to actually uh, address ocean plastic in these treaties. Um, but yeah, we yeah the 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 planet has work has to work together. The countries have to work together um, because it's all of our problem really, and it's it's our our planet, all of our planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the more reason why we need to keep focusing on what you guys are going to be doing with this next campaign going out, which is just pulling out tons and tons and tons and tons of trash. Mm. Repeat repeat yeah. repeat yeah. because that then visually has an impact on people everywhere again yeah. I, I hate to use this word boring but if we can make this boring and we can open the eyes of now we need to open eyes of governments and politicians and people that you know even critics to some extent mm. you know I, I mean i would love nothing more the thing that pisses me off the most after being out there myself is when we hear this it's fake it's fake yeah I, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's yeah. the biggest yeah. crock of shit statement i've ever heard in yeah. my life because yeah. I, i've been there i've seen it i yeah. felt it i smelled it like you said it's yeah. like and and i'm you know yeah it's i could go on and on about this but by silencing critics who would argue with the ocean cleanup like wh why would you wh waste the time i mean th th put your energy into helping the the cause as yeah. opposed to making noise about yeah. trying to be a little speed bump or something yeah so if we can keep doing this and and do this capture 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 and bring back i think we're going to open the eyes of many more important people yeah. and be able to make a difference yeah. in the next few years more than we ever have. But I think the best thing to kind of silence our critics is getting better. Yeah. Um, you know, not argue, not argue with with them. No, um, you know, I, 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 you, we don't need to convince them. We let's just focus on our job, get better, get to a financially and environmentally efficient way to do it and then um yeah the rest can follow i would say yeah what drives you what what gives you passion what makes it to where because the commitment of going out there for seven weeks yeah. once in a lifetime mm. is a big commitment but to do it over and over and over and over and probably over, over again, again <laughs> is a different mentality and it's mm. a different way of, of looking at what you're doing. Yeah. So what is it that drives you? As I said before, I, it, I, I, it's really hard to explain because for me, it very much feels like a privilege that I get to do this. Like not many people on this planet can work on a, on a vessel in the middle of the ocean. So for me, it's really a privilege. And um, yeah, I, en I enjoy it a lot. I l enjoy the work itself, um, being there uh, where it happens, uh, the, the work with the people, um, I find it super re rewarding. So the whole being away for a long time part, that's for me, that's not much of a sacrifice because everything that is happening during that time uh, gives me so much energy and and it's so inspiring that uh, yeah sign sign me in I, I go out again yeah amazing well thank you so much the best of luck and just capture 
tons and tons and tons and and bring it back to make we this. will we will do our very best yeah. yeah and and everybody listening thank you so much for your support follow us we're going back to the great pacific garbage patch so we'll be reporting as always with what we catch and what's going on out there many more adventures ahead many more challenges but ultimately we are going to end up where greta has been telling us and so our goal is is to yeah make this so boring that that's all we need to do everyone will see it and say this is what the ocean cleanup is doing i want to get on board i want to make changes i want to help in whatever way we can so that's our goal and yeah thank you so much you're welcome